Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Each week, Jess Gedeke chats with world-class brand professionals to bring you the story behind the story of some of the most breakthrough innovations, marketing tactics, and campaigns. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Dig In podcast. This is Jess Gedeke, and today we are going to be inspired by the story of taking a brand's very strong equity from one market and translating that and executing that in another. That is no small feat. So we are very excited to hear today from Sarah Dibley, who's brand team lead for Zarbies, part of Kenview's portfolio, formerly part of the Johnson & Johnson family of companies. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to get into your background. So why don't we first start with you telling us a little bit about your background and what you're up to? Amazing. So as you mentioned, my name is Sarah Dibley and I am the brand team lead on Zarbies in Canada. Over the last year and a half, I have been responsible for shaping the vision and bringing Zarbies, which was a familiar brand in the U.S. to the Canadian market. Um, I have worked at Kenview, formerly part of the J&J family of companies, for over five years, and I have worked in various marketing roles across brands like Avino Baby, Benelin, and Tylenol. So I am excited to be here today. Those are some excellent brands. Well, I'm sure we'll hear lots of great stories. So first, what do you love about what you do? If you had to pinpoint it to one thing, what really gets you going? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a tough question. I love working in brand management really because of the breadth of the experience that you're able to get in a role like this. Within brand, we're able to touch every aspect of the business and truly act like a business owner, which keeps things interesting. And there's definitely never a dull moment. Dynamic as ever. So that's that's great background. So let's dig in if it's okay. I'd love to hear the story. So our listeners really do crave inspiration from other leaders. And, and I think the best way to, to inspire is, is to tell stories. So you were integral in launching Zarbies in Canada, taking that equity that existed in the U.S., and you know the big objective of seeing how can that, how can that sing in another market. So how did that originate? How did the company decide that this was a good strategy? What, what inspired it? So I'll start by giving a bit of background into the history of the brand. Zarbies was founded in 2008 by father and pediatrician, Dr. Zach Zarbach, and he was inspired by nature and guided by science to seek a new way to help his four sons. His vision was to bring a effective wellness solution to life, and the first product that he created contained simple ingredients like vitamin C and honey, and was free of alcohol, dyes, and artificial sweeteners and flavors. Over the last 15 years or so, the brand has grown in popularity and credibility and is now the number one pediatrician recommended cough syrup brand for babies and children in the United States. And after acquiring the brand in 2018, the plan was to expand in Canada as well as the European region in 2023. And as you mentioned, I was really tasked with identifying the best way to launch this equity in Canada in a way that resonated with our consumers. Mm -hmm. So how did you do that? Did you leverage any you know, important frameworks or approaches that helped you actually get to the Canadian market? Yes, absolutely. So 
One thing that I realized when I started on the brand was it wasn't going to be easy to build an entirely new kind of equity and grow awareness of a brand that didn't exist with Canadian consumers. So luckily, we knew that there was a decent amount of awareness transfer from the United States to Canada. And there was a lot of scale that we had in in the North American region overall. But we really had the challenge of making sure that Canadians were thinking of Zarbies and that we were easy to think of and also easy to find. And that is the approach and the framework that we took in setting up the equity for Canadians overall. So when we dove into what it meant for something to be easy to think of, that meant that we were going to be a brand that was memorable. And so we launched Zarbies with a 360 integrated communications plan that was really focused on digital. This strong focus on digital, connected TV, social media, and lower funnel placements really helped us to have an integrated, holistic media plan um, that we knew would drive their reach for Canadians. The second key element that we had within this easy-to-think-of bucket was really differentiation. And building an iconic brand means leaning into brand assets that differentiate us as well as just make our brand distinct. So when you think of Zarbies, a lot of consumers will think of our bright yellow color, our B-trail, and our logo. And that was something that we really leaned into throughout the launch. And then last but not least was just making sure it was meaningful to Canadians. And so partnering with influencers and healthcare providers and generating an authentic recommendation among family and friends um, really meant that consumers would hear about the Zarbies brand and be intrigued. And from an easy to find perspective, that involved a lot of partnerships that we had with key grocery, drug, and mass merch retailers and thinking about how we could partner with these uh, retailers nationally to launch shopper marketing plans that were tailored to each account. And this included really unique in-store displays and floor stands, couponing programs, and unique out-of-aisle activations to surprise and delight the consumer in-store. Yeah, that's all of that is is really comprehensive in terms of the go-to-market strategy. The out-of-aisle activation is something that I think a lot of our listeners would be intrigued about because it can be kind of, you know, you're going rogue when you go out of aisle. So what did how did you think about that and what were some of the specific tactics that you you used? Yes, definitely. The out-of-aisle activation really for us was a way to generate awareness when a consumer is not necessarily thinking about the category or the brand. And we know that with a lot of cough cold purchases, this is actually a distress trip mission where you're only going to the cough cold aisle when you need that product. And by activating out of aisle, this allowed us to build relevance for the consumer in other places, as well as just generate awareness in places that you wouldn't necessarily think of a cough and cold brand. So in specific retailers, we had a few different end cap displays, not in the cough cold aisle, just to generate the awareness and have eyes on our logo and our products, as well as putting the product in placements close to the pharmacy at certain retailers where an individual may be looking for advice on health and seeking um, opportunities to have recommendations from a pharmacist. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's it, as a shopper, right? It's what can you do to be disruptive and think of a product or a category that might not be on your shopping list. And, you know, my kids are, are a little bit older now, but when they were younger, you always had to have some sort of cough cold on hand because you never know when you're going to need it in the moment. And so I could see that being sort of disruptive and especially the the visual brand cues for Zarbies being really attention grabbing in store. So I think that's, that's a great example of things that you can do. Think outside the box from a, from a marketing standpoint. Exactly. And it's not something that you necessarily think about as impulsive, but to your point, being prepared, especially with the category um, demand increasing in times like this, I think there's an opportunity to really get, get a, a message of preparedness and just easy to think of top of mind. No, that's, that's really cool. So again, it's no small feat to take a brand into a new market. I'm sure you faced some barriers, some, you know, setbacks along the way. What were some of those and don't hide it, you know, tell us the the bad stuff. That's what we can learn from too. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, one of the key learnings throughout this is just, it's, it's going to be times of, of ebbs and flows and really key challenges, but then a lot of great key things that come from the launch. And this was a learning experience for everyone involved. And one of the key challenges that we faced, which I would say is actually more of an opportunity, is that we were faced with a different brand stage than the US. So the brand had already been established there. There was already strong awareness. There had good loyalty and brand loyalists who would champion the brand. In Canada, no one had heard of Zarbies and a lot of competitive activity around the brand um, was occurring in the category. And so we needed to take the equity and think a little bit differently about how to seed it and figure out the best way to introduce the brand in a completely different stage. And so when we had a look to the creative strategy and the assets that we would build for launch, we did uh, different consumer research, both qualitative and then quantitative. And we found out that some of the existing creative that was available to us um, from North America didn't resonate with Canadians due to the fact that they weren't aware of the brand. Um, And so when we found this out, it really created a challenge as we thought there may be a scale opportunity, but there was also this, this new way for us to think about how we could create the equity in Canada and the message that we would give. And so this allowed us to actually work to put together a whole new creative idea. Um, Our creative campaign is called For the Love of All They Can Be, and it speaks to keeping our busy children or busy bees busy. And we know that a cough or a sore throat can really get in the way of a, a child and the potential that they have. And so our creative approach really allows us to speak to that It is a differentiated way to speaking to the category that we haven't seen competitors do. And it also allowed us to introduce the new brand with a relevant story to things that parents were going through at the time. I love that. And I think that it's an interesting contrast because a lot of your competitors, it seems, will focus on symptom relief, right? So like here's a a child that's experiencing these cough cold symptoms and oh I'm making it go away by giving this this medicine. Whereas the campaign for Zarbies feels much more like the aspirational side of what could be for my child if they were not, you know, suffering from cough and cold. So I think that's an interesting differentiator and hopefully something that did spark that awareness, um, being more attention getting within the category. 
Yeah, absolutely. You nailed the insight <laughs> exactly from the brief and basically figuring out how do we not minimize a child's potential and um, the experiences that they're missing out when they're sick. I promise I didn't read the brief. That was just a, an observation from a consumer standpoint. I might be a little bit more informed than consumers because of my career, but yeah. Um, so when did you know it was a success, the launch of Zarbies in Canada? What was your milestone internally? Yes. Um, so this, I wouldn't say this is the, the moment of success, but I knew that the brand had officially launched when I went into store for the first time and I saw the products on shelf. Um, I almost cried at that moment because of the history of months of challenges and working through the whole team that we, that we got to that moment. Um, and from a consumer perspective, the moment that I knew we had impacted the lives of Canadian consumers was when our first organic review came through on the product. And we were able to see the response that Canadians were giving. And so those are kind of like the first two realizations that I had around the brand existing. And well, the brand only launched in July of this year. Um, our point of sales and market share is quickly ramping up. Um, and so I think I will know that it was a success following the cough cold season um, yeah. and when we continue just to started. grow exactly yeah. years to yeah. come. That's great. Well, it, I, I can imagine those two milestones made it feel real. So that's really exciting. Um, so just to kind of conclude this inspiring story about Zarbies, what was your biggest takeaway from that experience? Yes. Um, at Zarbies, we are not afraid to shy away from bee puns. And so I will say that the biggest lesson I had is it takes a hive, not a village in this case. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> but it is truly amazing what you can do when you work together as a team. And when you look at a brand from a consumer perspective, sometimes you forget that a brand is made up of so many people behind the scenes from project management to sales to R&D to regulatory, just to name a few. And the whole team truly bought into the idea that this brand would be a success in Canada. And we worked together to feel like we were the, the owners of the business working together. And so inspiration can truly come from any individual member on the team and a great idea and a way to solve a problem um, exists amongst the collaboration of the group. Tons of inspiration in that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so I'd love to turn from that to you as a, as a leader, as a leader in your industry and in your organization. What would you say, Sarah, is one of your most controversial or passionate uh, opinions on the state of innovation or building brands today? Yes, that is a great question. And I don't think that anyone will say this is controversial, but I'm definitely passionate about this. Consumers are educating themselves on what they are putting in their bodies, the impact that a product has on the environment, and they are learning about products and brands from so many different sources. And it is imperative that a brand react and respond to a consumer's need to be educated. And so when we think about wellness, there is a rise of ingredient transparency, clean ingredients in skincare, um, and, and things like that across health and wellness. And I believe that that is extremely important for a brand to be addressing 
whether it's through their existing portfolio or innovation or even just the creative means that they have to get a, a message out. I think that is number one top of mind for me as we think through the next three years and beyond. As a brand leader, it must be so challenging and stressful to stay ahead of consumers. I think that we're in an era now that we're just trying to like get ahead of them and educate so that when they get to that point of decision, hopefully they're they're well informed. But um, I don't envy you. I think it's a it's a pretty difficult job, but uh, an exciting one, right? Yeah. yeah. Are you trying anything new? Any new tools or approaches that you started leveraging in, in your process? One thing that I want to continue to leverage more is really social listening. As you've mentioned, how we can stay ahead of the consumer, but also just in tune with the consumer is so important. And so really leaning into data through social listening tools to understand, is something resonating with the consumer? Is something not? Or what are they talking about? And finding ways that you can produce content that is on trend with what consumers are interested in, what they're they're consumption habits look like and being able to have your brand exist in those spaces authentically. And so that is something that we've just only started to do, something that we can really expand on um, and really build loyal relationships by being relevant. Yep. That will have continued importance for sure. So what's your hot take on the future of, of this industry or this category? Yes, it's a great one. I think because consumers are so educated less of a hot take, but you need to educate yourself as a brand leader too, and really continue to push the envelope in terms of the solutions that you're bringing to market. Um, Really trying to find innovative ways to partner, to put forth the best products that consumers want five years from now and trying to get those to market earlier. So in everything that I do, we're constantly trying to increase the speed in which we operate and be able to meet the the demand. Is there anything specific that you're doing to partner differently or to tap into more consumer understanding? Any examples you have? Yeah, absolutely. So within our uh, website, one thing that we are doing is we've been able to launch with uh, where to buy functionality that actually allows us to identify where a consumer can go and find a product. And so in uh, despite of not being a DTC brand, this is a way that we are trying to really make it easy for the consumer and understand how they can go from being aware of a brand to purchasing a brand. Um, and in partnership with that, we've also launched a, a CRM program on our website where we know that we can figure out what kind of products the consumer will be interested in and utilize that to help shape our future innovation and understand what's working and what's not working about our products and our communication. Yeah, that's great. And I love the comment about despite not being a direct-to-consumer brand, how can you find those touch points along their journey uh, by being exposed to your brand and interested in your brand and not losing them along that journey? So that's a great example. Thanks for sharing that. So we're going to turn to the final dig. This is all about you as a consumer and as a person. So feel free to take off your professional hat for just a minute if you like. Um, What's the last product or service you bought on Impulse? Oh, this is such a good one, but I am sucker a sucker for a good popcorn. And while at the store the other day, I stumbled upon Lesser Evil popcorn. I'm not sure if you've Ooh. tried it, but it yet. is like a, a better for you option of popcorn that is um, quite addicting and incredible. And so I bought this impulsively. 
and have continued to buy it ever since and um, highly recommend for any popcorn lovers. <laughs> there you go. So there is a lesson. So you bought this on, on impulse. You're probably a popcorn lover, but you're like, yeah, I'm going to try this guy out. Now you're a loyalist. So just lesson to be learned to brands, find that compelling moment to, to capitalize on that impulse and you've got a, a brand or a consumer for life. So great example. Exactly. Um, what's a, what's a category or a brand or a product that you could just rationalize any price point for? It's just something you need in your life. Oh, this is a tough one. This one is, this might spark a little bit of a debate, but I am very into fitness and wellness and I go crazy for a good quality athleisure brand. And so I am a Lululemon fans, true and true. Um, and really, I don't know if I could rationalize any price point for them, but I love Lulu. I am great with a good quality athleisure brand that's going to be there for years. And I can always justify it, some girl math, by thinking about the long-term uh, potential that that product has for me. I think the pandemic's greatest gift to the world was the prevalence of athleisure being just an A-OK thing to be wearing. And I'm grateful for that, right? We have to find the silver linings and things. And I believe that the pandemic gave us athleisure. Oh, 1000%. <laughs> so brands have distinct personalities. I'd love to know what's a brand that you would love to date and you know have court you, but then a, a brand that you'd love to marry. And sometimes they're the same brand, but not often when you think about it. Yeah, it's a great question. And when I think about dates, I think about someone who's going to be fun and maybe new and exciting. And for me, that is the brand On Running. They have been everywhere lately. They've been activating in communities and really strong influencer partnerships. And they've gotten their product in the hands of everyone. So I think that that is something that is great and new and exciting. Um, so I would definitely date on, um, from a marriage perspective, a bit more commitment. I love a smart brand and I think Spotify has always been the first brand to think about when it comes to data and utilizing that to really know their listeners and figure out how to, to future proof their platform. And so with that one, I think I definitely see a, a long-term, uh, viable option with that brand. I think I've had one other guest mention Spotify as the brand to marry. And I think we're onto something here because it evolves to learn as, you know, evolves with you and grows with you in your life. And so I think there's, there's something very cool about that. So um, awesome. Great, great examples of brands. And so finally, as we kind of wrap up here, Sarah, what keeps you inspired at work? Obviously you love what you do, but what is it that inspires you most? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing for me is, the power of collaboration and passion from others that keeps me inspired. I worked with an incredible team on this launch. I am hopeful that I'm going to work with high performing teams in the future. And I think by really making sure that you get to collaborate with um, a lot of different people have diverse perspectives, that is a constant source of inspiration. And it makes it interesting um, to come to work to every day and think about how we can do things differently. So always ask the question of someone in the room. Maybe it's not the person who is in the direct role, but getting their perspective as a consumer or a shopper can always be extremely helpful. 
Excellent. Well, that's wonderful inspiration. Well, Sarah, thanks for sharing your story today. Um, It's been really exciting to hear about taking the Zarbies brand to Canada and some of your other perspective as a brand leader. I've learned a lot. I appreciate you joining today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You now have a Dig In podcast fan for life. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we love hearing that. Tell a friend. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining. See you next time. Like what you heard? Share the inspiration or head to diginsights.com to learn more about what we do. 